been a minute. Been a minute. Um, over a year. Oh, <laughs> for a year. Um, but we appreciate you uh, for listening to this one. And you should go back and check out our back catalog because we just paid the yearly fee. Yeah, so you can see them now. Like they are here. Or listen, them. here yeah. them, actually. <laughs> so they're back up um, because someone recently said, oh, you have a podcast? And they were like, oh, you did three episodes. And yeah. I was like, no, um, we did like several and then I realized we just didn't pay that. We stopped paying we the stopped. fee. We stopped. We did. So. Um, so, yeah. So, we are still going to stay on that true crime train that we kind of jumped on uh, the last couple of episodes. And we kind of accidentally found this case of just, it was a total fluke. We were hanging out watching my new movie, Murder Size. If you haven't seen it, you can check it out on right. Tubi. Also, side note, Jessica's been doing a lot of movies. I don't even think we've ever talked about yeah, that. We can I'm, talk about that another time. I'm an though, actress, but... but you know what? This is about true crime. This so, is. Anyhow, so we watched my movie, Murder Size. And then I was like, let's watch a documentary, like a, um, a true crime one. And uh, we just accidentally found this one uh, called The Family That I Had, or The Family I Had on freebie it's also on youtube i noticed whenever i was doing research for the case and we just basically got sucked in and by the time i had woke up in the morning leslie had already looked up additional information and sent it over so it was just very compelling what yes. do you think yeah i think it was very compelling it's a very messed up story um and after we kind of describe things to you it's hard for me to understand maybe how the mother still loves the son but yeah anyway jessica's been she's got a memoir jessica's been listening to. yes she has a memoir it's called how now butterfly and um i've been listening to it all freaking day uh it's a 10 hour uh, uh, uh audible memoir i think i pretty much got through the most of it today um and we def and i it definitely already covered like what actually happened with the case because as things unfolded for her she was basically in the dark like she knew well let's get it okay let's, let's just get, get into it. it let's get into it so uh Jessica's got the Wikipedia pulled up here, but it's basically what we're going to be talking about is the murder of Ella Bennett. Ella Bennett was a four-year-old girl, and she was her brother, uh, Paris Bennett. He was 13 years old, um, and he murdered her. On February 4th, 2007. And I guess we should go ahead and say right away... Um, if child murders bother you, you should probably turn this off. Yeah, because it's very disturbing. This is extremely disturbing, and we should have started with the we started a content with that. warning uh, because it really, even the documentary, the first time we I, we watched it, it does not tell all that there is to be said about what happened with. Those children, you know, they were brother and sister, and like I said, on February 4th, 2007, it was around, it was 11-something at night, and uh, her brother, Paris, uh, called the police, and basically he said that he had accidentally killed somebody, and, you know, the, the 911 operator was like, oh, you think you killed somebody? He's like, no, I know I did, and he's crying and going on. And she said she even tried to get him to start compressions for CPR. And uh, he says, I really don't think it's going to help. 
And by the way, side note, I think it's funny that like no matter what, if you call nine one one, if the person has literally been dead for five days, they're like, like start compression. They really do. Yeah, it's just like, like uh, I think they're dead. They're actually like rigor mortis. They, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Like their skin is falling off. They're like, go ahead and start, start those compressions. Yeah. yeah, and and put your mouth to their dead mouth and breathe it in. Yeah. But anyways, I think that that's terrible, and I think we should stop doing that because that's got to cause some kind of fucked up trauma. Yeah, um, absolutely. But anyhow, he faked. He faked it. He on the phone. He was doing saying one, two, three, and like kind of with a you know panic crying voice. Yeah, whimpering. He faked that he was trying to revive. So he's her. walking around, um, and they find this out later, of course, uh, that they tell him to pull her off the bed and start compressions. And he's counting with the operator, but they found her on the floor, uh, face, face down. down. So. Uh, she could, unless he was doing the compressions on her back, which is so stupid and no, and they would have been injured. And if you're doing compressions, usually there's like some ribs that are bruised. Yes, there, or and there like was that. there was no signs of him doing any sort of CPR. So he calls, he reports the crime. He says that he thought that she was a um he demon. woke up and he woke up next to her and he thought that she was a pumpkin headed fiery demon and that he he stabbed her. Um, and they said, uh, how many times did you stab her? And he said, I don't know. It was several times. And um, come to find out, he stabbed her 17 fucking times. Like, so, And he did it over a period of time. Yeah. Um, and this is a four-year-old child that's getting stabbed. So um, anyhow, so he, they, the cops get there. They're completely fucking confused about what's happened because there's blood everywhere. The child is laying on her stomach on the floor and he tells everybody that he had like a vision of this demon and that he attacked it to actually protect her um, because he didn't want the demon to get to her. But um, as we find out, like, that's his first story. He, he tells many stories with this whole situation, and that's kind of, yeah. And it keeps changing. And just to mention, we didn't mention this at the beginning, but his mother was at work. She was working at a restaurant. Yeah, was Buffalo Bowl, Wild Wings. Was it, it was like Super Bowl Sunday. I'm not for sure. Yes, it was. And so he can, she had a babysitter for both of the kids, but... She, uh, he, Paris, convinced the babysitter to leave. And yes. we, we, we want to know. It, it was a... Like, it was a 21-year-old little... college student. Um, I don't know. I, I think that she was a female. I don't know if she was male or female for sure. But um, at some point in the night, she the, the, the babysitter took them out to go get Chinese food. And it, it's been said... Paris said himself that he decided during the Chinese food he wanted to kill or hurt somebody. And he said it could have been the babysitter, his mom, or his little sister. Yeah. Um, so they go out to Chinese food, they get back to the house and there is nothing online that I can find. And I've, I've listened to several podcasts. I've listened to several YouTubers that have covered this case and nobody knows what he said to the actual babysitter to get her to leave. But, um, it's been speculated that maybe he said something like my mom's actually getting off of work early. She just called. Um, you can go ahead and go. So, leading up to the murder, um, he is actually in his room searching up SNN, SNM porn. Not SNN. What would SNN, SNN. be? Snake Nation? Snake Nation. <laughs> Two ends, though. Um, anyhow. Naughty Nation. Uh, so, S&M porn is uh, sadomasochist porn. It's basically, uh, like, of course, 
hopefully most of the time whenever it's filmed it's consensual like these tied people up or... yeah like these people that are filming this it's they're making it for, for people to jerk off to and you know it's you know they're these people are getting hit they're getting uh you know gagged they're getting like tied up they're getting harmed um and so he looked this up for quite a while before all of this happened and then he actually tried to look for um what are they called films snuff films. snuff films i almost wanted to call it smut but that's just mm. porn in general snuff films. snuff films and so this 13 year old is looking up that uh it was said that uh the detective found that he did not actually find any snuff films but i guess um uh, because of all the torture and stuff that he was seeing sexually on his his mom's laptop um he got it he got aroused or something and he wanted to harm someone. So he goes into his sister's room and apparently he wakes her up. And this comes out later too. At first for for months, uh, Charity, the mother, thinks that he just goes off and starts stabbing her. And that, you know, he really thought that there was some kind of demon in the house. And that he's like, you know, imagining this. But And also his father was diagnosed schizophrenic. Yeah. Uh, at some point, and he knew that, so he kind of knew like this would be a great he angle. Yeah, yeah, he could be a great uh, angle to take, so that he could get off like he's schizophrenic, like his father or whatever. So um, she finds out later that he actually went in the room. He punched his sister as hard as he could. Um, then he tried to choke her, um, and apparently he realized that choking someone actually takes a lot of energy and time like they don't just fucking die and so he chokes her for a long time she's fighting him off because she has defensive wounds and he also brought a kitchen knife a huge kitchen knife in there at the beginning of the attack he grabs this and he starts to stab her and like we said 17 times but it's not that he's stabbing her just like oh my god i'm stabbing you stab 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 it shows from the autopsy and from his own admission that he actually was sticking the knife into her flesh slowly and pulling it out slowly. And most of the wounds were actually like surface sort of wounds. They weren't like, they didn't go very deep. I mean, I think she died technically of just all the trauma blood that loss, yeah. Yeah, blood loss and trauma to her body, but she was fighting him off while he was doing this. And, um, the, the thing that his mom found out in the end, and this is the real kicker, guys. His semen was found all over the bed, all over his sister, in his and, and in his shorts that he was wearing during the attack. And um, so some of the people, like the YouTubers that I saw cover this case, they um, suggested that he could have raped her but from the memoir and from everything that i found i have not found i don't think that he raped his sister um he he obviously got aroused and you know ejaculated during the killing of his sister and i think that's what caused the semen to get everywhere because there's there's nothing i found that said it was found inside of her okay. however he did say um to his mom that he had been um 
molesting her for a whole year prior to this, which I don't know if it's true or not, because I think a lot of the things that he's saying right now, or right now, um, since the attack in, in, in these interviews that we've watched of his, I think he, his whole thing is he just wants to torture his mother at this point. Yeah, I mean, he, he said the reason that he did this is because he wanted to... And we'll go into his mother's story, but um, his mother had some issues with drugs and then relapsed. And he said that he wanted to torture her. And punish her. And punish her by taking not one kid away, but two, because he would obviously go to the prison system. But realistically, and then he keeps bringing things up that would bother her. Yeah, because he didn't... All this stuff about the semen and stuff... He never told her about that. That was something in the porn that he looked up. The detectives slowly, you know, let her know about like, okay, so it shows that he didn't just stab her. It was slow jabs, pulling, going in and pulling out slowly. And also there was semen all over the body and the bed and in his shorts. And also, you know, like we found that he was looking at this very violent porn. He, this, all this got un, unfolded to her like a little bit at a time so she would slowly confront him about this and the last thing that really made him crazy is whenever she asked him about like what was up with all the ejaculation going on with this awful murder and he got so upset he felt like so cornered that he picked up he flipped the table in the jail cell or wherever it is that they talk you know like that cell where you can actually have visits and he jabbed her and and trapped her up against the wall pulled the table back and then jabbed her again and she thought she was gonna die so i didn't realize it was that bad yeah it was actually like he attacked her um, and then from then on out, he's never been able to be in the same room with an interviewer. Like, you mm-hmm. know, that, uh, Pierce that, Morgan. Or- yeah. If psychopath with Pierce Morgan, it's yeah. like a UK show. Um, they interviewed him, but what we're trying to get at is we think it was probably sexually motivated. I'm sure there was just, he was kind of obviously psychopathic behaviors, but he didn't ever want to admit that the real reason. So he had to like come up with a reason that he was just mad at his mom which is i'm sure partly true but not the reason that right i mean i don't i mean like as far as okay so she did relapse she had a problem with drugs and substance in general according to her memoir like teens she would take anything she would party real hard and she eventually did heroin and she said the first time she did it that she was like oh, this is my drug. Like, this is the thing that makes me not be able to think. And she had a kind of fucked up childhood herself, and I'm sure that she was, like, self-medicating that. Um, let's get into that a little bit. Um, she was uh, she was born to a wealthy family, and her mom, Kyla, uh, had been married, uh, they said seven or eight times. I think seven times, yeah. Well, and a, a bunch of different stuff I was watching, they didn't even know exactly. But her father... Um, uh, Charity's father was okay so he was married to Kyla he Charity. cheated on her with several different women and apparently he told he would make Kyla break up with him for him because oh. whenever because he was a drunk he was an asshole mm-hmm. and he'd be like he'd tell his wife just tell him I'm not seeing him anymore and she'd she'd have to do this oh, okay um so then they 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 separated they got a divorce 
Um, then they got back together. They yeah. eloped. They, they went to Vegas. They went to Vegas. They got married again. And then mm-hmm. it was like within 56 hours or 55 hours after. 50 something hours. After they got married. He got shot and killed. In their living room. In their living room. And the thing is, he did have like his own towing business and stuff like that. But the theory is, and a lot of people think it's true. Or I don't know if a lot of people think it's true. But oh, I back think they then, do. That... Her, Kyla, her, her, mother her mother got charged with his murder. Charity's mother, which is Paris's... Uh, yes. Uh, Paris's mother. Yeah. Charity, Charity. Paris's mother's... Her, Charity's mother, Kyla, most likely had something to do with murdering her husband. Like hired someone, they said someone right. was someone, hired. Someone came forward and said, hey, she reached out to me um, and was planning to kill him and all this stuff. And anytime Charity would ask about it, her mother would say, we're not going to talk about that. That's none of your fucking business. And also her mom drank and uh, did substances around her. I I don't know exactly which substances. It could have just been smoking weed or something. But she definitely got lit around her daughter. Um, But, like, after this situation with her father getting killed and her mom being put on trial for it, and her mom also on, like, in court admitted that she had talked to people some people about possibly killing her husband but she did not that she was not responsible and for this i will add in the documentary we saw at the end um she the mother or you know i guess paris's grandmother kyla said and said you know he, he he's learned to manipulate you know the whole family manipulates and she said i've learned to manipulate and i manipulated the the jury and yeah, it was, and she like looked at the camera. It was bizarre. It was weird. Like it was almost like she was admitting it, it, yeah, or trying to seem mysterious or something. But she said she's like, yeah, you know, um, Ella, the four year old. She's like, she was manipulative. Uh, my daughter Charity's manipulative. Paris is also obviously manipulative. I'm manipulative. But she's like, she had a new daughter, which is weird because she was obviously advanced in age. It's none of my business, but um, her daughter was like eight or something, Mm -hmm. and she's a cute little redhead, and um, she said that she was not as manipulative as uh, Charity ended up being because she didn't see her mother be as manipulative as Charity did because as she was raising her, she didn't have to be manipulative towards the truck drivers when she owned the business or, you know, the courtroom whenever she was on trial. And then that's when she looked at the camera like, you see what I mean? You know what I mean? It was weird. So I don't know if Paris maybe heard as a child, like, oh, my God, my grandmother's a fucking murderer. And he thought, like, oh, yeah, this will be fine if I want to murder somebody someday because, obviously, people in my family murder people all the time, and, and it's not a fucking big deal. And genetics are passed down. Like, if she's really callous like that, that could be a p- passed down to him. Yeah, know? absolutely. And they do seem alike. Like, I remember either she said it or Paris said it in a letter, like, we are a lot alike. I think she told Paris that, maybe. Yeah, they. I think they both said, you know, we, we kind of have similar thinking patterns. Yeah. Um, and so here's another little twist to the story. His grandmother, Kyla, started sending him books in jail, which were, like, very um, demented and violent. 
Uh, one of them was the actual, it was uh, The Watchmen. I don't know if you guys have heard of that uh, comic book, but I've actually read it. And there is rape involved in it, which is like, well, I'm not sure that this kid should be reading about rape since he jizzed all over his dead four-year-old sister. That seems a little yeah. bit extreme. Um, but maybe, I don't know, maybe his grandma didn't know what she was sending. I know mm -hmm. my grandma would send me pretty much anything if I was in jail. Yeah, for sure. But um, anyhow, so... His mother got really upset about this and confronted uh, the grandmother and said, hey, you cannot be sending him this shit. Like, the, she was also sending him, like, horror stuff. He's really into Ugh. gore and horror. He, seen, he, he reads matter. some, like, horror zine from, um, I'm saying horror, by the way, not horror. horror. I know that I have, like, an accent. Horror. Yeah. Horror. Zine from Great Britain or something? Yeah, it was like from that. the UK. UK and we looked it up. Um, but anyhow, so he that's his type of stuff that he likes to read. And she sends it to him. And so his mom came for his grandmother and said, yo, you can't be sending him stuff like this. Like, he's a fucking, like, psychopath. Because now at this point, he has been actually diagnosed uh, with psychopathy and, um, and, and well, narcissism. I, yes, I will say, side note, we didn't mention this, but obviously his mother, Charity is still, you know, talking to him even after this. And it's oh, like yeah. being his mother. And and so was the grandma. And the grandmother. And um, I don't I don't know if she ever necessarily said she forgave him or anything. But I also, we didn't mention this, but... Well, let, hold on really quick yeah. um, before I forget. Him and his grandmother tried to sue Charity to give up all parental rights because... Uh, she was trying to control what kind of reading materials that he was As going to should. receive. Yeah, I mean, this motherfucker killed his four-year-old sister. I don't think he should be reading this kind of stuff. He should be reading, you know. he will get out. Like He will get out in his lifetime. Yeah, because, I mean, he was tried as a juvenile, and he got the maximum sentence, which is 40 years. So, like, I, I believe it's just in a couple years from now. Yeah. I think it was 2027. Um, he's going to go up for parole, and... You know, he obviously is absolutely fucking insane. What were you going to say? I was going to mention, um, in the documentary, you could see that he, like, there was videos of him and his sister, like, he was apparently, when she was pregnant, when Charity was pregnant, yeah, he, he was did really, not, he was upset. Yeah, he did not want a sister. But whenever he had, or when she had her, she, he really loved her, and like, Jessica was, we talked about it, like, maybe it was, like, his object or something like that. But he seemed to love her. But there was also other stuff we watched that they would show, the documentary would show, like, the good part. And then the second part of the video, he would say something like, the the whole family's going to die or we're going to kill the family. Yeah, no, he said, um, okay, so apparently the first time he saw his sister, he said, oh, my God, Mom, he, she's beautiful. And, and he kind of took ownership of her. And he was, like, she called him his her fashion consultant and he would like pick out clothes and this guy kind of had style like yeah, he, he was he was like this emo skater kid mm -hmm. um as you can imagine in 2007 mm -hmm. like what that would look like he was like a cool looking little kid um and so he would just like dress her up like a doll baby and make her look so cute and you could tell like in the pictures that we saw like how proud she was to be dressed um, like her brother, like, yeah. suggested. Like, she was just so... She loved him very much. Yeah, she could definitely see that in the videos. And then later on in some of the... I think the Psychopath documentary where uh, Pierce Morgan is just interviewing him, you know, he would ask him, like, how do you feel about Ella? And he's like, oh, I love I love Ella, you know? And the Pierce would say, like, well, you killed her, so and you are also talking to her about her in a present tense, and you were the one that killed her. And he was like, well, I love her and all this stuff. And 
And Pierce asked him, can you explain what love means? And he's like, I really can't. I don't have enough time. Yeah. And then his mom, Charity, was listening to the interview and was like, I'm offended because a great example would be me, his mother, still still loving loving him him after he killed my daughter yeah and my sister i mean because she in the memoir she she's really really battling within herself how she feels about this because you know she she felt like she wasn't loved whenever she was growing up unconditionally her mom um she felt never really liked her she was really cold towards her and she always assumed it was because her she reminded her mother of her father who her mother probably killed and that maybe that was the reason. And also she was disappointed in her because of the drug use and all that. Because they come from like a uppity ass, like well-to-do family. And I'm sure they were like, oh my God, she's doing like drugs, you know. And so they didn't really like her or, well, her mom acted like she didn't like her. She was just a bitch to her basically, just a cold-hearted bitch. And like... She didn't want to be like that for her kids. She wanted to be good to Paris and Ella and make sure that they know that they're loved no matter what they do in life. And I feel like she might be taking it a little far, you know, still supporting this this guy. He's 29 years old at this point, but he's been in jail since he was 13 years old. And also, um, I just want to throw in, I didn't mention this, this um, yeah. while the murder, after the murder happened, he didn't call um, 911 right away. He called a friend of his from school, a girl, um, and he talked to her for over six minutes. Um, and he didn't tell her what he did, but he said, I did something that's going to very much upset my mother. And I guess he was looking for some kind of support because he is a narcissist and narcissists kind of like they live off of the support and admiration and assurance and stuff that they get from other people. So he was probably looking for a boost before he either told on himself or decided what he was going to do next, which he could have very well just waited till his mom got home and fucking killed her. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like what stopped him from doing that? Do you think he felt any remorse at all? If he faked all that, probably not. He was probably on a like an adrenaline rush. I don't. I mean, I don't think. You know, he doesn't I, know. I don't know if he has those feelings or emotions. Well, like, I mean, I think he's obviously a psychopath, and I think that's really rare. You know, like that a people. True psychopath. Yeah, because there's sociopaths. You know, all. And that's what uh, they everywhere. originally said he was. Yeah, but. but that's a completely different thing than a psychopath. A psychopath has like their anti. Uh, like they can really seem like they're normal people and be really charismatic and stuff but they actually like they don't understand suffering in another person they can't empathize yeah and an, another side note he was very smart he's got a very high iq and i was going to mention another thing his mother after the murders and everything had another child a son named phoenix who paris uh she allows paris to talk to like over speakerphone and stuff and paris uh, was writing him a 14 15 page letter and just talks about how much he loves f- his little brother phoenix and um charity is scared uh the mother obviously about when he gets out if if he's going to injure him or you know is she going kill to kill them both kill yeah. them both is she going to like go in hi- into hiding cuz multiple people have suggested for yeah, her to do like that professionals not even talk to him. yeah have said you're going to have to like not let this kid know where you're at because obviously you know the fact that he's telling people that he did this to hurt you because you you know relapsed and that just really pissed him off or whatever um is crazy <laughs> i don't even think that's the truth though i think that he was watching that nasty ass 
weird ass violent ass porn and he was just like it aroused him and he wanted to hurt somebody too and that was the person that was in the other room you so, know what i mean so you think he was lying about that he thought about it whenever he was sorry wow <laughs> okay um yes my computer does tell you on the hour what time it is okay well sorry that, about that that was but do you think whenever he went out to eat chinese food that he said he was thought about killing somebody. Do you think that was true? I don't know because um, it's been said in the memoir that he was actually really pissed off at his sister and his mother because um, he had snuck out, uh, I think it was a day or two prior, and he went to the skate park and Ella told on him hmm. and told his mom and then he got in trouble. And then also another he thing... about the stabbing or about how he... The, broke a toy and then he hold on we'll get okay, to that okay, so okay. the other thing that he had done uh leading up to the murder is that he uh got an allowance and his mom was okay first of all these people are rich as fuck dude like i just li listening to her memoir it makes it so apparent that she is just not in touch with like but she was real working people. though but she was barely hon no. When she was working at Buffalo Wild Wings? I think that was just like a joke. Like she was just like, I work even though I have like a, you know. Yeah, probably a trust fund. Yeah, something. she's a trust fund kid. Anyway, so so not to talk shit about charity. That's, I mean, obviously she's been through it, but this yeah. woman's rich as hell, you know. Okay. So anyway, so uh what she was doing is she was giving Paris a lump sum of as uh, you know, allowance at the beginning of the month mm -hmm. and then she was making him learn how to not spend it all, like budgeting. So uh, he was not to do that. Like, he was supposed to make it last throughout the whole month, basically. Mm -hmm. Which I think is a really cool idea. That is cool. To so, do... budget money. Yeah, because yeah, I... a great idea. I nobody, nobody taught I me did, how to budget I got nothing. the money and I spent it. Yeah, so that's what he did. The babysitter took him to the mall with Ella. And he spent all on this... Just a bunch of shit... And I can't imagine what he was buying because he bought, like, several pairs of shoes. And you know how expensive shoes and shit are. Mm -hmm. And so his mom was like, this is absolutely un unacceptable. So you're what you're going to have to do is pick one pair of shoes. And then you have to take all the clothes and the other shoes and everything back. And he was so mad at that. Like, that um, whenever she left them with the babysitter earlier that day, she tried to hug him and say, I love you. And he would not reciprocate. Like, he was mm. so mad for getting in trouble about going sneaking out and going to the skate park. And he was so mad about getting in trouble for spending his money. So he was he was already hyped up and angry in general. But I still, in my heart of hearts, do not believe that he did this to punish his mom. I think he did it because he just fucking wanted to. Yeah, like he just wanted to. He was just like, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to do it. And then I'll think of a way to cover it up. Yeah, I mean, I feel like... Because he is it, smart. Like Yes, and if he was that angry at his mom, why didn't he just kill his mother? Or, yeah... Or, or harm her. Not that I wish that he... I hope he wouldn't have done any of this. But, like, if, if that's his reasoning, why wouldn't he have at least attacked his mom? And I was going to mention before, he... Um, uh, it was actually... We, we haven't talked about this at all. Uh, a few months before the killing, he had this moment where he grabbed a knife. I don't know yeah, all the so details. Yeah, were, so they were at um, his grandmother Kyla's uh, nice-ass, rich-ass house. And um, they were outside playing. He was playing with Ella, his four-year-old sister, and this other neighborhood girl. And um, Ella's toy got broken. And so his mom, like, said, you're in trouble. Like, you broke her toy. She doesn't know if it was on purpose. Nobody knows whether it was on purpose or not. But anyways, he had to go sit in timeout. Like, that's all. Not a big deal. And so he gets up randomly, and he grabs a knife, 
and um, he starts walking outside. So nobody knows where he's going. The maid is actually who told them, hey, your son's running around with a big butcher knife outside. Like, he just ran outside Mm -hmm. with it. So um, his mother, Charity, and his grandmother, Kyla, they knocked him down to the ground and pinned him down, and then they, like, took the knife from him, and then he just, like, crumpled in her arms, and she was just like... Paris, you know, Paris, Paris, like, what, are you okay? And so, because of this incident, and I feel like in the documentary it said that he actually attacked them. Yeah, it did. But that's not what happened. Okay. So, he actually, he might have been going to kill that other little girl or something. I mean, he could have been like, she's actually the one who fucking broke the toy. I'm not going to put up with this. I'm going to go stab her. Or he could have been running off to kill himself. Who knows? So, they put him in a mental hospital. They lock him up. And he only stays in there for a full week. And then his mom feels like she's not getting any feedback from the doctors. They're not telling him, they're not telling her anything about his condition. And she starts to feel really bad about it because she's done locked her son up. Yeah. And, and, which, and I think this happens a lot in those types of situations. Like, hey, we're going to put your kid somewhere. And then the doctors are just really, you know, I'm sure there's some great places, but other places are just really like, I don't know, we'll just give him some medicine. So she took him back and brought him back home, which yeah, I think she, a lot of people would have done. She you know? checked him out and she took him back home. They gave her some names of the doctors to like, hey, you should maybe follow up with these people. They didn't say anything. Later, after the murder, she checked in with these people and she's like, I want his fucking file. So she gets his file and it says that he has homicidal tendencies, he's had suicidal thoughts, he wants to harm people, he's been thinking of killing people, and they didn't tell her any of this. So this whole place that she took him failed this family so hard because I feel like... You know, if I was a kid and I went... They should have kept him and they should have told her. They not only should have kept him, they, yeah. they at least, at the very least, should have said, hey, um, your son is thinking about killing people. Like, yeah. he's talking about killing himself, killing people. He's obsessed with it, is what is said in the, in the oh, file. Wow. So, like, they were not... They were not forthcoming with any of this information. Mm-hmm. I hope they feel bad, you know, that they didn't do that. I mean, obviously, maybe... I don't know how, like, it, like the, you know privacy goes for a minor i don't think for a minor i don't know i I feel like i feel like there is privacy but whenever you talk about killing somebody or harming yourself even like even if i as an adult would go to a therapist and be like yeah i'm wanting to kill somebody or i did something i think they can by law like there i mean like i i went to school for for psychology i didn't graduate guys i'm being honest with you here (laughs) um i did my best uh but i do know from personal experience uh there was a thing i went to a uh i went to psychologist my whole life growing up because I'm fucking insane and um so this one doctor I told her that my mom had done something crazy she had thrown like this whole box of silverware at me and it like somehow did not stab me I don't know how it like Mm -hmm. ran like hit the wall and um she just she was kind of shithead sometimes and I told my uh therapist about this and she said, I'm going to have to tell your mom that, like, if she, if you report this again, that I'm going to have to call CPS. Oh, wow. And I was like, please, please, please do not do that because she will fucking flip out. Like, please don't do that. And she promised me that she wouldn't. And then she told her. And because, like, oh, they, no. yeah, because she would talk to my mom for a few minutes afterwards. And I don't know what come over. She was just, like, had to tell her. And then the next time I went, I was, like, it was the last time I went. I said, you know, fuck you, basically, for doing mm-hmm. that. Like, do you realize, like, how much trouble you caused me? Like, I mean, I could have got 
really fucking hurt. Yeah. You know, and she was like, well, actually, the law says that, you know, if you say that anybody has done something harmful to you or that you're going to do something harmful to someone else, it is by law. I have to report it to your caregiver. Mm -hmm. So... I feel like they should have, by law, said something. Oh, 100%. They should... I hope they feel really bad for that. Exactly. So, um, let's see. What else have we not talked about? Um, So, okay. So, with the semen that was on the bed, I forgot to mention this. The semen's all over the damn bed. And the detectives, before they tell his mom about it, they go to him and they say, um, hey... We noticed there's cum all over your dead sister and the bed and, like, in your shorts and everything. And he just bypasses the part about his shorts. And he says that it's from my mom's multiple sex partners. She's a whore. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, he tried to say that the semen... Like, I don't know if he just didn't realize that uh, you can genetically just test semen and Mm -hmm. see where it came from or what. Um, Also, like Leslie mentioned, he did have an IQ of 141, which um, everybody's like, it's a genius. It's a genius level. Well, like... As a kid, I tested with 140, and um, let me say... Very genius here. I'm not, I'm not a fucking genius. I've also had a stroke, so I'm brain damaged. You should have seen us trying to get this podcast Yeah, it was, it was actually... Both of us forgot how to use a computer. It was hilarious, but anyway. um, I just want to say that um, there's a lot of pressure behind that. So, um, I tested... Okay, so, like, the reason why... Just a little weird backstory about me. Uh, there's this thing called I-Step in Indiana that, like, you would test in and everything. And I don't know why, but I would test in... Uh, the 98th and the 99th percentile every time that I would take the test. Mm. And so they took, they, because of that, and I was making C grades, they did an IQ test and Mm. they were like, um, to find out what the fuck was going on. Like why I was just not interested in school whatsoever. I just, I'm lazy guys. That's the secret (laughs) behind it. But, um, so I tested like 140 and then from then on, it was always, why are you making these grades? Like you're, you're, you're like, you have this IQ, this Mm -hmm. IQ. So I don't think it's good. Actually. I just want to like add this to put that pressure on a child. You should not tell them if they do get an IQ test, it should never be told to them. I agree. No, ever. Because like, uh, like they're different too. And I've also felt smug about it. I'll be honest. Like I thought like, well, I'm, I'm fucking smarter than all these people. I'm smarter than these adults. Yeah. I think the IQ test, there's different types of smarts, you know? Like, yeah, for sure. Like there's like street smarts or you can be a doctor, you know, and you can be dumb in all other areas of your life except like medicine. Well, all the IQ means is it's, um, I think it's intelligence quotient so it means it's how much you are you have the capacity to learn it doesn't mean that you actually know shit about fuck it's actually the way they test it is they they test you by looking at patterns and and numbers And, and stuff like that and the thing is i'm awful i get test anxiety and i just bomb i can know all of the information and i'm just bomb at tests and it's like and I'm completely the opposite. Yeah. Like, I you mean, can like... Just, every- you can jam... You can not know anything and then jam it in two nights before and then do great. Yeah. yeah. Or if I just go to class and listen half-assed yeah. and then just take the test, I don't actually study. Yeah. Like, um, I don't... I do bad at, like, homework because I have no... Um, I have no self-regulation. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't make I, myself I do shit. Do, I didn't do But, like, yeah. as far as showing up and taking a test, I can do well at it. Like, yeah. that's just something that I've always been able to do. Anyways, weird. I, I know I'm, like, bragging about this. <laughs> I like but um, seriously, though, I think that that could have been a factor in his psyche. I don't yeah. think that they should have been telling him, hey, you're a genius, you're a genius, you're a genius. Well, because then yeah. he thought, 
oh, I can do this fucking terrible crime and I can manipulate these people into believing that I didn't do it on purpose. I really believed as a kid I could make anybody believe anything. Yeah, well, and yeah, especially with that, like, them telling you you're special and stuff. And, and also, I don't think we mentioned, like, teachers would write notes about how great he was and, like, Oh, people we've would, never had a student this, this smart, smart in class before. And also, people would say, like, oh, I wish, you know... uh Ella has such a great big brother, you know, or I wish, you know, Paris treats Ella so great. I wish every brother treated, you know, their daughter, their, you know, sister that great and stuff like that. Like, right. It's and it's. And so also when he looked up that porn before the murder, uh, whenever his mom like addressed it with him, she was like, hey, what the fuck were you trying to find snuff films for? Like what, what, at what point did you get into this stuff? And, like, he said that the only reason he even looked at it, it was on her computer, is that he knew that she would see it in the search history yeah. and get upset with him. And which is a total lie. Yeah. Like, he was looking at it because it excited him. He later yeah. said that he had been looking at S&M porn since he was nine years old. Okay. So, I don't know how he found out what a snuff film is. I certainly didn't know what the fuck no, a snuff film was. absolutely not, no. You know, at that age. But, um, yeah, so he had been looking at that kind of, like, violent-ass shit uh for a really long time but um yeah what were you gonna say earlier it was like about uh fuck i think i talked about it like the stabbing oh yeah no it was Not something else about how he was this when i say stabbing i mean he, like with his mom the, and grandma oh yeah 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 you're right okay so yeah he just um he was acting a fool. Oh, yeah, this is what it was. You said um, whenever... Okay, so there's these home videos that they showed and oh, all yeah. the different documentaries yeah. and things that I've been watching on this case. And he said during... He was... Uh, his mom was washing Ella. She was an infant at this time in the in the sink, in the kitchen sink. And he said, Mom, what's your least favorite sentence? And she was like, Oh, I don't, I don't know, Paris. And he's like, Is it um, that... Uh, kill uh, Charity's kids. Yeah, something like that. It like, was kill Charity's kids, and yeah. then she goes Paris, and then what, yeah. and then she and the video goes off. Yeah. Uh, so she's like, "Why would you fucking say that?" I feel like there must have been. She says in there, the memoir that there was really no signs of like things that would make and, and you well bless her heart you know what i mean like of course like you're i mean i if i've never had a kid before i don't know like i might be like oh that's just what kids say yeah or know. you know they're they're testing limits yeah you know what i mean yeah. but like i mean he there was obviously some signs there were some things they showed him uh kind of hitting Ella, taking her hand and hitting her, which she was like a little, like a baby. Like a year old. And kind of being aggressive in play. But then again, like we all did that. Because that's how we learn boundaries. That's like natural part of childhood and development. Don't do that. Yeah. Right. Um, So anyhow, so I just want to give like a quick uh, review of the book. So I'm not finished with it. I got it on Audible, like I said, but I'm almost finished with it. I think it's pretty much at this point she's just really talking about, like, her healing and stuff. But I just want to say, um, so she wrote this book to, like, help people with their, like, grieving and stuff and like I, that. And I think that's what she does now. She, like, goes and talks to people. Yeah, she has the Ella really Foundation, and she helps people that um, have dealt with violent uh, crime, especially towards children and, and people that have, like, because she got really attacked by, like like the media saying that like she there she was the problem it's her fault that he turned out like this and I really don't think that's the case but I will say that it's made it obvious that this woman is like 
richer than fuck. Like, this, really? like, yeah, she comes from, like, generational fucking money. Because, like, in the, like, book, she's not grieving the same way as, like, you or I would, like, or, like, normal people would. It's, like, she, t- like, immediately she takes off, like, she's not going to work anymore. And then she decides she's just going to buy an RV and then travel the United States. And she's just, like just hanging out places like she's totally not like the and and also they're paying for paris's legal fees like they're just handing over money hand and foot to him and to his legal team like anybody else like if i had children and one killed the other one i don't i wouldn't be able to fucking afford to give the one killing kid like this huge legal team yeah that's like basically so she's not having like i feel like with normal people not to say she's not normal but people that aren't just coming from money 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 like they would have to pick and choose they'd have to mm-hmm. be like okay like i can't support him anymore like she yeah. has the she kind of has the privilege to be still supportive of her son and yeah. like make sure that he has everything that he needs and that she started a books program in the jail and the juvie jail and all mm-hmm. this shit like i just feel like if some people might read this book looking for like grieving support and then become really frustrated because like she's like just like she's traveling the world like she talks about going to actual paris she's talking about um she's writing a book because she has time to do that because she has all this fucking money she's doing things that like would not be possible for normal people like just like paying for the lawyers for her son just is crazy to me like but But maybe maybe the thing is though the fact that she was working makes me think that she i I mean she her i think her mom has money and i think when her and her mom were estranged that's when they were estranged so that's probably her mom wasn't helping her so i think i don't know i think getting an rv and stuff like that she's also gone to school this whole time and she has like a master's degree now like so she had to have money to do all this stuff like i just feel like like, and like I said, like, like she talks about, oh, I'm going to go back to work finally. It's been several years. Like, yeah. like she just like, I mean, I don't think I'm not trying to talk shit about her. I'm yeah. just saying like the, the book might be frustrating to some people that like have dealt with a violent crime close to them mm-hmm. because they don't have the money to just like, I'm not going to, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to like buy an RV and then travel mm-hmm. the world yeah. and then just do whatever the hell I want to. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's kind of like in that way it's kind of like a joke i hate to say that it's just like oh my god so like this rich woman had like an awful thing happen to her and Mm -hmm. she had the means to go to all the therapy she wanted she could pay for the kid to get all this help and everything and she had like several different therapists go and see paris in jail Mm -hmm. and because she she, yeah she didn't believe the first diagnosis when he got you know called a psychopath so she kept having different therapist go and see like what in the fuck was wrong with him because at first she really did believe that he had like some kind of vision of this demon sure so she she was really trying to get somebody to go in there and figure it out but then she was also feeling like oh my god what if one of these people do like they say okay so he is you know schizophrenic and then that helps him to get off later and get out and kill her other people sure yeah so she was felt really weird about it and i i really you know i hate that you know she's gone through this and i think it's 
fucking terrible. But I also think that, you know, to be realistic, like, most people would not have had all these opportunities to be able to, like, go on with their life and stuff. I think it would actually, like, people that aren't as well off, it would it would seriously destroy them. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she was destroyed as well, but... Um, oh, sure. But as far as, like, her lifestyle, she prob- she might have had it a little easier than most. But I'm going to listen to it on my way my road trip so yeah and I'm gonna finish it so we there we might might do an update on this also I do want to tell you you know how we were talking about Kyla and how she had that like um that hairline that went back yeah that was a wig because she had cancer oh my god yes so we're we're assholes well you're it's fine yeah because I was like look at that hairline well I I well, I think he, in the documentary or somewhere, it said something about her having cancer. Yeah, and all, honestly, um, from the things that I've, I've been researching in the last couple of days, she might have passed away. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, I mean, like, I, I was going to look that up and try to if figure that out. she's still alive. Yeah, today. but I think but it, she did have, like, a resurgence of the cancer. Oh. So she may not be with us anymore. But, I mean. Yeah. I'll, I'll look, too. I just see. feel like she could have afforded a little bit, a wig that came down a little bit lower on her forehead. Yeah. Bless her heart. Well, I don't know. It's the the family's been through a lot. So. It sure has, and um, I just feel like there's certain things we just should not expose kids to, like the fact that she's exposing, um, you know, Phoenix to what her brother did to her little sister is like fucked up. I feel like probably she told Paris whenever he was a kid, like my mom killed my dad. Yeah, you know, like she's being she's like I feel like trying to be a cool mom. And maybe, yeah. like, we shouldn't talk about kind of certain things around kids but that their brains are not fully developed. I agree, but also... Not that it's her fault by any no, means. That's not, not what not, I'm saying. But, all, I mean, again, I don't have a kid, so I can't say what you could, what she should do or should not do. But what I think is, I, I do think if you did have a kid and you didn't tell them that, and then they find out later, they might say, well, why didn't you tell me that? Yeah, and, I guess and, and, I guess I just don't know what would be appropriate. Well, and also, she might have been scared of her mother, you know? And so she might have been like... You know, if Paris is a smart kid, he might have asked all these questions, and she's like, you know, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. But Yeah, there's no telling, but I just feel like, obviously, he got the idea that murder was okay at a young age. Yeah. You know? So, from somehow, somewhere. Yeah. or maybe his grandma told him about, like, oh, I was, you know, they accused me of this, or your mom, because it seems like they've been close for a while, so maybe Paris was still close with, you know... His grandmother, yeah, and, and thought... She, and she was like, oh, yeah, your mom doesn't like me because she thinks I killed your grandpa. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I just feel like he was exposed to something that was mm-hmm. inappropriate at an early age because I don't know how you get these ideas, but like, I, where you, uh, yeah. like, attach sexuality with violence at, but, s- at such yeah. a young age. But I do think sometimes when psychopaths are kind of born psychopaths, I don't, like, I think there's something different about their brain. Sure, but, but they I, still have to get the ideas. Yes, absolutely. So, you know. it's It's sad, but... Anyhow, we'd love to hear what you guys think about the case. Um, I'm going to continue to research it. I just yeah. really wanted to do this episode because we haven't done one in so fucking long. And this is such a crazy And crazy it's such case. a crazy case. And I'm, you know, hopefully this didn't, like, set anybody off and, like, you know, trigger you and down into a spiral or something. Because it is a fucked up case. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. what he did was so wrong. If I found out that, you know... You know, it's one thing that he killed his sister. It's another thing that he ejaculated during the killing. Yeah, that's, like, that's like, extra sick. That would have been, like, at that point, finding that out would have been, like, you know what? He's dead to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, yeah. like, that is a sickness that I don't think can be helped. mm That, you know, like, yeah. obviously, I mean, that's, like, the makings of, like, 
some of the serial killers from the like yeah, Ted Bundy, Ted types. Bundy's yeah. and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like if he had not been caught, like he probably would have turned into a serial killer. Yeah, I mean, but he certainly wasn't as smart as Ted Bundy because he <laughs> killed right at home. Yep, he didn't. He didn't kill. I mean, I feel like also okay. So there was this like really quick aside. Um, so he did this whenever he was a young kid. He collected this bucket of frogs. frogs. And this is the one thing that Charity says that should have been a red flag for her. And she came out on this balcony. It was 30 feet up. And he was taking the frogs and he was just dropping them down below mm-hmm. 30 feet. Mm-hmm. And they were dying. And, like, um, she was like, what are you doing, Paris? And he was like, oh, I just love the way it sounds whenever they hit the ground. So they go down there and they look. And most of them were dead. Yeah. But some of them were still alive. Ooh. And they were like um you know dying they're barely breathing they're mm-hmm. like all broken and stuff yeah. their legs are broke and she's like you're gonna have to put them out of, of their misery Paris yeah. you're gonna have to kill them yeah and then he refused to and made his mom do it oh my gosh so that's weird that is very weird yeah so yeah let us know what you think it's good to be back yeah it was great to be back check out our other work we love you and have a good day bye